It is the Dry Heat Check, episode 23. My name is Jared Cohen. That is Greg Esposito, as we do each and every week. We don't call it episode 23. We name our episodes after obscure players in Arizona sports history that wore the number 23. And this edition of the Dry Heat Check will include uh, the name, the Bernard Gilkey episode. Greg Esposito, I know Bernard Gilkey holds a, a very special place in your heart. Yeah, the second you threw out that name, I, I I had to stop everything and say, that's who we're going with. Because I sat there and I went, how can you not name an episode after a guy who was in Men in Black, Spaceship Flies Over Old Shea Stadium, pl- that's right. player looks up, it's Bernard Gilkey, ball hits him in the head. I mean, anytime you can name uh, an episode after a guy that, that was in a movie like that obscurely, you have to, but there's a whole nother level to this. Bernard Gilkey, up until recently, was still being paid by the Diamondbacks for what amounted to a little over a year's worth uh, of work uh, for this team. Uh, he was came in, and I believe it was the '99 season. They felt like you know this guy was going to be the answer, who was going to help them win. Really didn't didn't do much of anything uh, here in a Diamondbacks uniform, so it felt like it was a perfect number 23 for here no question about it other diamondbacks of note that wore the number 23 is in addition to bernard gilkey was lyle overbay danny bautista and javier vasquez uh those are some uh some good names some arizona cardinals players garrison hurst adrian peterson uh we're bringing up a couple names here that are teeing up something that we're going to talk about later in this episode so you know make sure you stay tuned here some Phoenix Suns, there's some good names on this list. Tyrone Corbin, Cedric Sabalos, Tim Legler, and I completely forgot, uh, or maybe it just I, I'm just not good at my son's history, but I forgot that he wore or, or a son's uniform at any point, the now ESPN personality. Uh, Wayman Tisdale, Casey Jacobson, Jason Richardson, and new Suns rookie Cameron Johnson. Wayman Tisdale, a great name on that list. Casey Jacobson, a fun, obscure uh name as well and a guy i had the privilege of uh calling a few preseason games with a handful of years ago a good guy as well guys that got into the media business huh? said sabalos you know he did the in-game entertainment and did some television uh tim legler obviously mm. casey jacobson you know there's some you know some personalities on that list yeah wayman tisdale was a musician before he was uh, he passed away r.i.p wayman yeah absolutely and then for um for Coyotes, Oliver Ekman Larson has worn the number 23 for about a decade, but there's also Paul Mara and Jeff Taffy, who are guys that have worn the number 23 as well in a Coyotes uniform. Um, on this episode, we've got the Nick Cage spectrum, as always, breaking down the Cardinals' loss to the Carolina Panthers. We are going to have clickbait headlines, which is always exciting, driving traffic to our website with articles that have nothing to do with what the article is about, with headlines that have nothing to do with the, uh, what the article is about. And then we'll uh, bring back Mocking Arizona Sports. We'll do a quick impromptu mock draft and, of course, our dad talk for the week. Uh, But let's get things started. The Nick Cage spectrum. Cardinals fall to the Carolina Panthers. Kyle Kyle Allen returns to town versus Kyler Murray. How did this weigh in, Espo, on your Nick Cage spectrum this week? Well, for me, I I think this is got to be a movie that a lot of you aren't going to even know ever existed because, well, it kind of didn't exist. And it was a movie called Superman Lives. All right. And stay with me. It's a little bit of a jaunt to get where where we're going. But this movie 
was about Superman going to counseling, trying to come to terms with being an alien, having to deal with all these things. Well, it was going to be directed by Tim Burton, which you already know would have been weird. It was written by Kevin Smith. Yeah, that Kevin Smith from uh, from Clerks and, and all uh, Jay and Silent Bob, all those great films. An all-star Nick Cage, team. Yeah, Nick Cage was going to be Superman. And uh, there is a great photo on the Internet of him actually in this very bizarre Superman suit. And he has this very, very long hair uh, in the photo. It's just it's all really weird. And then there was this great documentary called The Death of Superman Lives about why this film never got made, uh, how WB uh, wound up uh, not not wanting it and all these different things. Just it, this it's just very fascinating. This thing that was much anticipated, uh, exciting, and, and never happened, right? Well, I think it's uh, this week's Nick's Cage Spectrum for the Cardinals Panthers because, A, we didn't get Superman in the game. Uh, Cam Newton didn't play. And our own Superman and ah. Kyler Murray didn't really show up there. So, so that's, there. That's, that's part of it. But we also had this other factor. This game was highly anticipated, right? And the fact that it was everybody had it circled as the Cardinals are going to get their first win because they're playing a guy who was an undrafted quarterback, wasn't even on a roster this time last year, and, and everything's in, in alignment. That The odds shifted in their favor. Local talk show hosts like Burns and Gamble were talking about how much would you legitimately put on this game for the Cardinals to win Everybody had it penciled down like it was a, a complete, a, a, com, a feat complete. It was, it was just, it was going to happen, right? They were favorites I, in the game. When's the yeah. last time they were favorites from Vegas? Yeah, yeah. And so everything was in alignment, highly anticipated, and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen at all, uh, and and it becomes a giant disappointment for people. And I think those that know about the Superman Lives and, and do have done any reading on it are highly disappointed that this movie never came to fruition. And as a Cardinals fan, I am highly disappointed that what everybody expected didn't come to fruition. Couldn't guard the tight end. The defense looked looked bad. The offensive line didn't didn't come through. The running game was still fairly non-existent. And even Kyler Murray in that fourth quarter looked like a rookie. Now, I, I don't think this is all bad. I think they're kind of, as Denny Green said, they are who we thought they were. This is going to be a three, four, five, maybe six win team, but this is not going to be a team pushing for the playoffs. It's going to surprise anybody too much. And that's just kind of a microcosm of what that game represented. And it doesn't get any easier as they had in uh, or they play at home against the Seattle Seahawks this week. You could almost say from a cards fan spectrum that just like this movie didn't come to fruition, they almost wish this game didn't come to fruition and they can just have a redo in a, in a yeah, sense. Yeah, very much so. So that's your Nick Cage spectrum. Well done. I'm always learning something new. I, and, and I didn't know that Nick Cage had any affiliation with any superhero movies. You know, I thought the closest he'd ever been to being a superhero was Con Air. Uh, which isn't technically a superhero movie, but two weeks in a row you've gone with superhero plots and Nick Cage being on the forefront of it. So always learning something new with you, my friend. Just uh, just obscure, obscure stuff from every angle. So my Nick Cage spectrum is The Weatherman. Have you seen The Weatherman? 
I, it's been a very long time, but yes, I, I vaguely remember the weatherman. Okay. So it had been a long time for me too. Um, and I kind of had to go back and remind myself of the synopsis of it. Um, but I didn't pick the weatherman just because we're getting, you know, funky weather this week here in, in the Phoenix area from a hurricane coming up from, from Mexico and actually seeing rainfall on the ground. But, but mostly because of this, this plot line is in the movie, Nick Cage plays a weatherman who's good at his job, but just really, for lack of a better term, terrible at being a dad and a husband. So, you know, you now draw the conclude the, the comparison to uh, the Cardinals, the Cardinals on the surface from a national perspective, people are gauging whether they're going to be good or not based on how Kyler Murray plays. So with that said, and I brought this up a couple weeks ago, my biggest concern with this team wasn't really Kyler and whether him and Cliff Kingsbury were going to work offensively. It was their defense. You know, they, they didn't defend the run very well in preseason or at all last year. They have a new defensive coordinator. They have no Adri, uh, new, no Patrick Peterson or Robert Alford going into the year. I was very concerned about the defense. So the whole notion that on camera – it's about Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray is actually playing pretty well that you just alluded to. But behind the scenes of you know the Cardinals trying to be a good dad and husband, a.k.a. their defense that people aren't paying as much attention to, has been pretty much awful. And you mentioned the tight ends. It is ridiculous how they have not been able to, tie, to, to guard a tight end. There's an ongoing shtick in the movie The Weatherman to where Nick Cage constantly gets seen on the street and people throw food and drinks at him. Like they do it in slow motion. It's kind of a funny bit that they do in the movie about someone seeing him and throwing, you know, just coffee into his face and things like that. So that's basically essentially how I feel. Someone throwing drinks in my face, cold drinks, hot drinks, whatever. When I watch three different tight ends combined for five touchdowns and over 300 yards receiving in three games. That's about what it feels like. So moving forward, you have Michael Caine in the movie that, like he does in a lot of movies, being the older, wise personality for someone younger in the film. Michael Caine is Nick Cage's father in this movie, and is the guy that provides wisdom, you know, to try to get his personal life back on track, you know, get his wife back, win over his kid so he can be part of uh, part of her upbringing and things like that. The old man in the movie of Cardinals versus Panthers last week was Greg Olson. Greg Olson hasn't had a two touchdown game in four years. So the reason why I compare Greg Olson to Michael Kane is one could only hope that this old man being blunt, AKA scoring two touchdowns in spotlighting a clear problem with the Cardinals defense is what kind of makes the Cardinals click and how they can be better moving forward. Like Michael Kane was there to try to make Nick Cage better going forward, even though there were bumps in the road. I'm sorry, Greg Olson, for comparing you to a guy that is much older, but in NFL years, you and Michael Kane are about the same. And with that, I have the weatherman as my Nick Cage spectrum from the Cardinals loss to the Panthers. I like it, man. I, I think that I think you may have actually been better than me this week in, in the analysis with Nick Cage. And, and that it takes a lot. Because this is the whole concept I came up with because of my obscure obsession with Nick Cage. I'd venture to say I've beaten you every week. But, hey, you know, if, if it helps your confidence to know that you only have one loss to me in this realm, I will go along with it. Whatever keeps you, keeps you warm at night, my friend. Staying on the topic of Cardinals, we jump into clickbait headlines. And, you know, because you like to uh, throw a curveball at me from time to time, last week you decided to make this an impromptu 
uh, game that we play with one another. Um, so how it's going to work going forward, you know, to appease you is I'm going to bring up a scenario and either I'll go first or I'll, or I'll let you go first on a clickbait headline to go with said topic. And uh, you will provide me an impromptu clickbait topic that you would put with an article based on this scenario. So let's I mentioned, sorry, I said, let's do it. So the, I mentioned the notion of Greg Olson and tight ends completely torching the Arizona Cardinals. And it's been an issue and something that they clearly need to get addressed. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury has said this week that they need to get it addressed. So my clickbait article after once again, a tight end torching the Cardinals is not buns of steel. Cardinals having major problem with tight ends. Oh, I like I like it. A uh, throwback to an 80s workout video. Nothing says hip and cool like that. So I, I, I think I'm going to go a different angle here. Right. And I think I'm going to go as if this is uh, one of those uh, uh, one of those listicles. Right. So keep keep that in mind. It's top tight ends. Number one, J-Lo. Number two, any one, any of them playing the Cardinals. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. J-Lo, definitely the top of my tight end list. And I would agree, especially if you're a fantasy football player, any tight end playing against the Arizona Cardinals is definitely a close number two to J-Lo. So, uh, so, uh, good, good on you right there. And, uh, hopefully your wife's not listening. Oh, I'm sure I'm in the doghouse now. If, if she is. So. The next topic, Greg, and I'll let you go first this time. So Paul Goldschmidt returns to Arizona for the first time since being traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. He comes in. He There's a welcome back video for appreciation showing thank you for your time. A nice ovation from the few fans that were in the crowd. Uh, he tips his cap. He gets another ovation when he comes up to bat. And in his second at bat, he hits a two-run home run. And ultimately, was the, those two runs were part in part responsible for officially eliminating the Arizona Diamondbacks from contention or making a playoff spot, even though a lot of us already knew that they, they've been out of it for well over a week now. Uh, but he helped make it official. And then before the game and after the game, people were asking him, hey, you know, do you think, uh, did this game have any other, other extra special meaning or affection or anything like that? And uh, he said, nope, just another game in my eyes. Nothing. It, it, it tried not to make it any more than it was, and that's just a baseball game. So with that in, no, in, in mind, what is your Paul Goldschmidt returns to Arizona clickbait headline? I'm going to go with, ah, oh, Schmidt. Goldie eliminates Diamondbacks. Perfect. Just like Goldschmidt happens, ah, oh, Schmidt. I love it. Very good. Mine, Goldschmidt returns, doesn't care about the D-backs. Okay, I think that's actually a quality clickbait. I went with the pun. You went with the uh, just the straight misrepresentation of what's going on. Both part of the art of the clickbait headline, but I, I like yours. Yours was strong there. I mean, clickbait 101, right? It's saying something that is completely ridiculous to get people to click on your headline that might not even be a true representation of what the article is, right? Yeah, so to, exactly. in essence, that's the route that I went. But anytime you can borderline cuss, like you said, crap in one of your clickbait articles last week, anytime you can borderline cuss, that gets people attention too. So it gets yep. people's attention. So so good on you. Good on you for uh, for going that route once again. Uh, moving forward, and, and by the way, going back to the Arizona Cardinals, you know, I want to just give a shout out. Kyle Allen, you know, we kind of glossed over the fact 
that, uh, you know, there was a backup quarterback, you know, who wasn't even on a roster this time a year ago. Kyle Allen, a local product uh, in my past life, got to cover Arizona sports and uh, report on a lot of these kids high school through the professional level. And I got to know Kyle Allen pretty well. So even though I wanted to see the Cardinals play better and I'd like to see them win, it was nice to see Kyle have a performance like that. And I hope they give him every opportunity to be the quarterback going forward because Cam Newton, even though he's Superman, has looked like crap so far this season. So yeah. that said, <laughs> I, I'm happy for the kid. I wish it happened against a different team, but I'm glad he's getting his opportunity now. Yeah, likewise. So with that said, you know, we teased this last week. Um, we talked about random all-time great professional athletes who played for an Arizona sports team in the past, but not their primes in a Suns, Diamondbacks, Coyotes, Cardinals uniform. So... Mocking Arizona Sports is a podcast that Espo and I tried to give uh, a run at. You know, it was in the time frame between us ending the dry heat check at episode 19 and picking it back up with episode 20 about two and a half, three years later. We gave this one a shot, did two episodes, never really took on much steam. So we didn't want to lose it, though. We wanted to bring it back as a segment as part of this show. So we're bringing it back here. We are doing a mock draft of the best players to join Arizona teams after their primes. And since you went first last time, because in episode 20, we talked about uh, all-time great local uniforms, Espo, I'm going to go first here, okay? Four sure. rounds? I see how it goes. Yes, four rounds, and I have a feeling I'm going to beat you here. Yeah, well, you always get that feeling, and it's never true, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. So with my first pick of the Mocking Arizona Sports Best Players to Join Arizona Team After Their Primes draft is Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is my first pick. It's it's not bad, but it's not the best. What I'm going to go with here, with the second pick. In well, the wait, well, not the best. What are you talking about? It's the not, most I'm... dominant, probably arguably the most dominant player in NBA history played for the Suns. But his dominance as an NBA player from his time with the Magic and his time with the Lakers was definitely not seen in a Suns uniform. Uh, look, I, I get that, but who's coming up with the number two pick here is the one that's really should have been the number one pick. So with the okay. second pick in the mocking Arizona sports players who played somewhere else and yada, 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 <laughs> we named it too long. Uh, I, I pick Emmett Smith. Arizona Cardinals, arguably one of the best running backs, maybe the best running back to ever play the game. And nobody except for us remembers the fact that he wore Cardinals red because every other down that he played in football was as part of the Dallas Cowboys. If there is ever a guy that represents this category more than anybody, it's Emmett Smith. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good and, one. You're up for two, by the way. So now let's start I, the second round. I'm going to go with. Another name that most probably wouldn't consider in this, but I think it is a must to include with my second round pick. I'm going to take Wayne Gretzky, Phoenix Coyotes. Now, he never played for the team, but he was coach. He was general manager, I think. He was uh, he was part, part owner. owner. Uh, he was the, the great one is his nickname. And he did nothing great in his time in Phoenix. So when I tell you Wayne Gretzky, everybody feels good. 
except for this city. And that, I think, epitomizes what we're doing here as well. So, great pick. so Wayne Gretzky is my second round pick. That's a great pick. I had it written down. I was hoping he'd slip to me in the second round. But good on you for the forward thinking and thinking a little bit outside the box. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Coyotes were left basically in bankruptcy, which they ended up being in for, I mean, technically, they still kind of are in that realm because they haven't had stable ownership since he left. Uh, so that is definitely to a T uh, what we're looking for here, even though he didn't play in a, uh, in a Coyotes uniform. Uh, my pick in the second round of the Mocking Arizona Sports best players to yada, yada, yada draft is Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, you want to talk about one of the best running backs of all time. Sure, you mentioned Emmett Smith. I'm of the believer that, you know, Walter Payton or Barry Sanders might go above Emmett Smith, but that's a discussion for another day. Statistically, Emmett Smith is is up there among the greatest. Uh, but Adrian Peterson, for a long stretch, one of the most dominant running backs in the history of the NFL. And he suited up for the Arizona Cardinals for a very short stint. It came in after the season started and after uh, we had injuries from Wayne Ellington and Chris Johnson, another former great player, to not do as well in a Cardinals uniform. Uh, after those guys got hurt, they bring in Adrian Peterson, and he dominates in the first game he plays. And we're thinking, oh, my gosh, we've got Fitz and we've got AP who are about to just dominate the NFC West. Well, that was peak Adrian Peterson in a Cardinals uniform as he never uh, never reached that level of production and ultimately did not come back to the Arizona Cardinals, and he's still hanging around with the Washington Redskins. To be fair, he never got suspended in a Cardinals uniform either, so maybe it wasn't as bad as, as certain aspects of his time with the Vikings. Yeah, well, you know, if we're talking on the field production, though, hard to imagine a better running back to And you know what the part that hurts the most is with Adrian Peterson? is the Cardinals should have drafted him in the first place. Do you remember who they drafted in place of him and set of him in that draft? Uh, it, it was, uh, oh, what is his face? Uh, offensive lineman, I'm blanking on his name. Levi Brown. Thank you. Bad, bad Levi Brown. Who's Levi your next Brown pick? went, was it Let, third, fourth, fifth overall? I believe it was. Blanking on the number. And, I believe it was fifth and Peterson went sixth. It was like six or seven. I'm not exactly, yeah. I, I can't remember exactly, but eight. Adrian Peterson was on the board and people in Arizona knew who he was because he had a big game in that famous Fiesta Bowl that saw Boise State upset Oklahoma. But people forget Adrian Peterson was dominant in that game. He was right there for the taking. So he could have been one of the great players that we had in our in his prime. Instead, he's on our list of players to join the team after their prime. And then my second pick to start the third round is one that, you know, you could argue, you know, he had some really good years in a son's uniform and and it's positive, and they went to the playoffs, and he was a starter, and he played a great role. Uh, but Grant Hill's peak time in the NBA was when he was with the Detroit Pistons out of the gates in his first few years of the NBA. Sure, like I said, he developed a bit of an outside shot. He played really well off of Nash, and he played defense against the best player on the other team every time. I'm not saying that his time with the Suns was not good. But Grant Hill was being talked about as being the next Michael Jordan or the next great wing in the NBA and based on his career at Duke and then how things got started with the Pistons of him being a co-rookie of the year with Jason Kidd making the all-star game as a rookie a lot of people thought that Grant Hill was going to be an incredible player for a long time so his best time was definitely not in a son's uniform yeah I I think that Grant Hill is a great pick there uh, certainly on my list but I'm going to stick with the team that you were just talking about, the Suns, for my next two pick. My third round pick 
is going to be Jalen Rose. Had a great ah. career with both the Bulls, Good Indiana. One. Uh, one of the top shooting guards in the league during his time, during his run. And he comes to Phoenix in 2006, 2007. Can't get his ass off the bench. And to this day, he still talks about that in his media job and complains about it. Jalen Rose is my third round pick. And my fourth round and final pick is going to have to be Hidu Turkaloo, Another guy who had ah. an amazing career. Orlando, Toronto, played great ball, right? Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento as well. Comes, comes, to, comes to Phoenix. Everybody thinks after Amari... Uh, he was part of that wave of guys they brought in to replace him, spending that money. They thought, uh, you know, this guy could do something. He's got that long range shot, came in out of shape, just, just never played well. Total and utter disappointment. So I think he's perfect for this list. All right. Well, those are two good picks. Those were both guys that I had on my list. Um, but I'm going to end this, and I think it's going to seal the fact that I just completely dominated you in this mock draft simply from the fact that. Did you know there are only two players currently that have won or have been named to the Hall of the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame that have played for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Obviously, Randy Johnson, he's the first to go in as a Diamondback. You, you could argue Kurt Schilling one day should go in, you know, and, and he played for the Diamondback. But there's only one player that has actually been inducted into the Hall of Fame, not named Randy Johnson, that wore a Diamondbacks uniform, and that is Roberto Alomar. Roberto Alomar suited up for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I think to a T, if you could think of a player that epitomizes the notion of being incredible for a long time, maybe borders, you know, with your Emmett Smith take, Alomar was great for so many years for the Cleveland Indians, comes to the Diamondbacks and people forget he was even on the team. So if I'm looking at my final roster, I've got Shaq, Adrian Peterson, Grant Hill, Roberto Alomar. You have Emmett Smith, Wayne Gretzky, Jalen Rose, and Hito Turkoglu. I'm looking at four Hall of Famers on my roster. I have eh. won this in a landslide. Eh. Grant Hill was actually pretty good. Roberto Alomar wasn't bad for the Dimebacks. I went for guys who were great elsewhere, came here, and were total trash. I still think my lineup's better. But you did have a nice pick with Roberto Alomar at the end. Uh, I, I thought that was a nice way to try to salvage what you did i just don't think you're as good uh, as good as me but i guess the fans will get to decide yep they'll get to decide we're gonna put this on twitter it's gonna be a twitter poll who had the better draft me or espo and you can vote on it on twitter and next on the next episode the winner will get one of the coolest most rewarding pats on the back that has ever been seen in podcast history so a lot on the line here from this edition of mocking arizona sports um, before we go, Espo, where can people find us? I don't know if we on with social media, podcast. Where can people catch the dry heat check? At, at dry heat check on Twitter, at dry heat check on Instagram. Anywhere you download podcasts, just search that name. You'll find us. Spotify, Google, Apple. Uh, I'm sure there's some janky third party p- things that you can get the podcast on. All of them, you can find us there. Uh, and leave us a review if you're uh, if you're bored. Some really awesome names to to not leave off that were on my list just to go over quickly, Espo. Okay, that were for mocking Arizona sports that we didn't get uh-huh. to. Dwight Freeney, Terrell Suggs, Jermaine O'Neal, AC Green, Jim McMahon, Sam Cassell, Vinny Del Negro, and we mentioned Wayman Tisdale at the beginning of the episode. Just a few names that I had written down. Also, Adam Jones, who played on the Diamondbacks this season. Those are some other names that I had on my list that I think is fun to throw out there. Certainly. Certainly. 
So that is Greg Esposito. I'm Jared Cohen. This has been the Bernard Gilkey episode of the Dry Heat Check.